Hello and welcome to Crosstalk with your hosts, Martha Lee and Anna May, a podcast dedicated to encouraging and pointing people to Christ, provoke you to find your calling in the Lord, brought to you by Cornerstone Ministries New Life Church. So join us on a journey to reaching the world for Christ, starting in our own backyard. So sit back, we hope you enjoy the podcast, and we pray it encourages and blesses you. Well, here we are with our series, How We Got Here with my very, very good friend, Benny Branton. Amen. Welcome, Benny. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's an honor to be part of this podcast. So I guess we'll get right into it, and we'll go ahead and ask you uh, where and when you got saved and what brought you to the decision of accepting Jesus as your Savior. Well, I'm going to have to break that down into the Reader's Digest because my (laughs) my salvation was not was not easy. I uh, I was when my when my boy was born and I was in a hospital. I don't share a lot of this with people. I've shared the testimony, but when <clears throat> the first thing people have to understand is that the doctor's report that came to me was is that the best we can do for your boy is not feed him, let him starve to death. That's what our that's what our uh, decision is, is that there's really no sense in prolonging this, just to let him die quietly. Um, I went down, even the fact that I thought I was a Christian, I know that I was living a worldly life, but I I went down to an altar, I was praying, and I was really seeking the Lord, and crying out. And uh, I can only tell people out there that I literally heard the voice of the Lord. And he said to me, your son will be fine. He said, but he said, you will have to go to the world and tell them the testimony of what I've done. And asked me if I was willing to do that. And I said, yeah, I'd made made any deal. And you would have thought that would have been good enough to get saved right there. But To be honest with you, things started getting better, and um, it was a long run to get better, but it got better and better and better. We were still looking at an uphill battle, but it led us to a small church, a Methodist church, and um, I um, was sitting in the front row, and, and uh, this preacher was a powerful preacher, and he gave an altar call, and I froze I was terrified to move, and I didn't want to go down to the altar because I didn't want all the people to think that I was some kind of filthy, dirty person. I guess that's what, you know, it was come to my mind was if you needed to go down and get saved, you must have been a filthy, dirty human being. <laughs> but I went to the altar, and I knelt down, and I cried and gave my heart to the Lord. And the next Sunday morning, he gave an altar call, and I went back down to the altar and gave my heart to the Lord. And Went back down. This went on for a while. I felt I was saved. I give my heart to the Lord. I confessed and I believed it. But the problem with it was, is the order to be saved, you have to change. And I wasn't really changing. I was, I was accepting the Lord. I was going to church. I confessed it with my mouth, but I wasn't really saved. The fast forward a little bit here is, uh, they I was in a Sunday school class. 
And they wanted each person to take turns. There was about 30 people in the Sunday school class, all country people. There was no traveler churches at the time. I was in the Sunday school. They asked me to do one of the Sunday school services, so I did it. And um, people got together and decided they didn't want everybody to do it. They just wanted me to do it. So I went down to the preacher, and this is what I want to share with people out there, because this is when I become saved. I said I wanted to get out of it because, you see, I was saved because I said I was saved. I was saved because I confessed it, but I hadn't changed. And I was in the pavement business at the time. We had a lot of men working for us. It was a lot of stress. The men were a lot of stress, and I had a very bad temper and screaming and hollering at the men. And you might say, may as well say the truth, cursing and whatever. And... um so I didn't want, but my hypocrisy would only take me so far. I didn't want to be a Sunday school teacher. And I went to the, to the preacher, and he was looking down at his desk. He was reading something. He had his glasses on. He looked up at me, and he said, uh, what can I do for you? Well, I said, Charlie, they, they want me to be the Sunday school teacher. Well, he said, I think that would be good. And he looked back down, and he was reading. And he looked back up at me, and said, is there something else you want? I said, I really don't know the Bible, Charlie. I'm trying to get out of it without telling him that I'm not a Sunday school person. And I don't want to admit that I'm still cursing. I don't want to admit that I still love the things of the world. I don't want to admit that just I I love church. I love the Lord. At the time, I was was deeply involved in it. But I just didn't want to admit that I still had the things of the world in me. And he said to me, well, don't worry about that. You'll learn the Bible. And he went down, he was reading this scripture he was studying. I was still standing there trying to think how to get out of it. And he pulled his glasses off and he looked at me and said, you know, I'm kind of busy here. And he said, I think that you have something you want to say to me and you're not saying it. So why don't you just, why don't you just speak the truth? (laughs) So at that point, point against everything that was in me I didn't really like take telling the truth uh, truth really wasn't something I was the hip on to be honest with you I thought that uh, a good lie was better than the truth any day and um, but I decided to be honest I said well Charlie here's the deal I said want well, to be a Sunday school teacher I said I, I curse scream I jump up and down I said I want jobs I'm like a maniac when I'm on a job I said you, you don't have, know how the stress that I deal with and so he looked at me and he said, so what you're saying to me is that you think it takes a better person than you to be a Sunday school teacher. So I took a deep breath and finally I'm out of it no matter what. I said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> the old preacher looked at me and he said to me, he was a tremendously spirit-filled man. And he said to me, well, you know something? If you think it takes a better person than you to be a Sunday school teacher, and I want you to be a Sunday school teacher because it'll make you a better person. Praise God. And I, I had nothing to say. I just stared at him. And I started teaching the Sunday school class. And as I started teaching the Sunday school class, I became a better person. I literally changed that day Amen. to being a better person. Praise and God. I felt more like I was saved, but I still had a problem. My wife got filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe in the speaking in tongues. But the fact that my wife got filled with the Holy Ghost, I knew it was real because I know my wife. I know she wasn't going to 
she was she was the person that wanted attention. She was the person that wanted to do anything that anybody was going to look at her for. No, she definitely so I kept, attention. I kept trying, but I, I also couldn't couldn't fake it. I, I couldn't do it because everybody else was doing it. It had to happen. Amen. And the story of it, to shorten it down as long as I can, is we went to a big revival, and the Jimmy Swagger revival. We was in a coliseum, and there was thousands and thousands and thousands of people in this big, giant coliseum, and it was way up in the air with a big basketball thing. I mean, it had, I think, 50,000 or 60,000 seats, and they were full. And I looked across the stadium. There was a man, and he had his hands in the air, and I could just kept staring at him through the whole service. And it was just like, all these thousands of people across the arena, I clean across the arena to the other side and the upper deck. I just kept looking at this one man. Amen. So at the end, I said to Margie, come on, let's go. We can beat the traffic out of here. She said, no, no, no. Let's wait to the end. I said, oh, come on, let's go. There's too much traffic. We got to go. And then yeah, she, she wouldn't leave. So we stayed. At the end of it, he said, all those people that aren't filled with the Holy Ghost, come down to the front now. So I, I had tried this. I had tried this so many times. Amen. I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing this again. But finally, same thing as going to the altar. I knew I had to do it. So I got up and I went down. It took a long way to get down into this thing, and I got way down. All these thousands of people come down. And what I say is the truth. I speak before the Lord. That we're standing there, and I have my eyes closed. And He said, Now I want everybody up there that's filled with the Holy Spirit to come down and lay your hands on somebody. All these people come down, Amen. and I felt Amen. these hands laid on my back, Praise and I started speaking in tongues, and I couldn't stop. Amen. I couldn't stop. Amen. I couldn't stop. And when I turned around and looked, it was the man that I had looked at all night across the arena, Amen. and I can only swear Praise to the God. truth of it. The, on, the only person, when I turned around and looked, I'm staring into the face of the man that I looked at through thousands of people. The only man that I stared at half the night because he was he was so filled with the spirit, and I couldn't quit speaking in tongues. I couldn't quit. I just couldn't. Quit. I even bought I, I bought a book that I would recommend to anybody out there. It's called it's an old book. It's called Risky Living by Jamie Buchanan, and it talks about speaking in tongues and what this man went through speaking in tongues. He was in the same boat I was in. Amen. And how he got baptized with the Holy Ghost. It's a tremendously good book to read. It's called Lit Risky Living by J.B. Buchanan. So, I mean, I read it 50 years ago, so I don't know. Yeah, I imagine it's own print. Amen. But anyhow, once I got filled with the Holy Ghost, then I was saved. I knew that, I, that my salvation was complete. But it didn't start off with just saying the sinner's prayer. It started off with saying the sinner's prayer. But then it started off with, I had to change the things inside me. And I didn't change them because I wasn't trying to change them. God changed them. Amen. God changed Amen. Every, made everything. God. Seem, everything I was doing, God made seem wrong to me. It Amen. seemed wrong. I felt guilty. I felt, I felt I could, things that I'd done naturally, I couldn't do anymore. Amen. I couldn't gamble. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't have the things in the world that I enjoyed, I didn't want to do anymore. Amen. And then I realized I was saved, and right. that's as that they was, say. You didn't good. quit sin, and sin quit you. Sin quit me. You're very right, my sister. I'm going to tell you something. It was, it was God called me, but what, you know, even God speaking to me, and I could I could speak an hour on that. But what God had spoke to me that I was going to do, 
Because when I said to God that I would go to the world and testify, my world consisted of from from Maine to Florida. I never went even west. I was the first west I ever was was St. Louis one time, and so go to go west, to the world and testify. West, so yeah, so since that time, one time I was in Romania and we were in a lot of trouble with being arrested, and the Lord spoke to me and said, "I sent you here," and I realized I was testifying about my son, and I've been in Holland and England and Scotland and uh, all over. Christ and God. the testimony that God told me to take to the world, he made a way for me to get to the world to give the testimony. All I had to do was make myself available to do it. Well, there you and go. I praise God that I did, and that's, Beautiful that's, day, a, story of, that's a story of my salvation. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to ask you this one. Do you remember uh, who was the first person you witnessed to or brought to the Lord? Well, you know, I've seen, uh, I'll tell you, my sister, that's that's an interesting question for me because when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I wanted to preach to everybody. Amen. I, uh, I preached to everybody. Now, how many people who I led to the Lord, I remember the first time that I prayed the sinner's prayer and there was an old man in this church with me who was a Gideon, and he took me under his wing, and he really, really mentored me as a Christian. I mean, this man was the most beautiful Christian person you ever met. Amen. And he come to me one day, and he said, I'd like for you to go to church, to the prison with me on Sunday. He said, I go up there every Sunday and Amen. minister. And I, I thought it was like we went to like a Sunday school, like a, like they had a room, and the prisoners were coming down and have a little Sunday school class, you know, and. No, we, we went into a prison, in, and I, I promise you this is the truth. The man didn't want us in the, the prison, and he took us in because he had to. It was a law, and he took us in an elevator, and he said, the man that I was with, what floor do you want to go to? He said, we'll try the third floor today. So when we got out of the elevator, he looked at me, and he looked, I guess the look on my face, because this place was pretty bad. He said, you see that button on the wall? I said, yeah. He said, if you have any trouble, and if you can make it to that button, he said, push it, and we'll come back up and help you. There was, I said, now, I really was not, didn't buy into this part of it. I really, this was, if he'd have told me all this, I doubt very seriously if I'd have went. But I was with him, and I trusted him, because he was really a tremendous man of God. And we're walking down the hallway, and he looked at me, and he said, oh, by the way, if we get into a bunch of Muslims, he said, just back away. He said, don't cry. He said, just back away from them. And I looked at him like, you ain't afraid of nothing, and you're afraid now. Now you're telling me you're afraid of the Muslims. So, you know, like, you know, I was like, well, you know, so. Yeah, but anyhow, I remember. But this is this is my point that I was going to go to, and you'll find I take a long time. But I, I find it interesting. He, I led this man of the Lord. He prayed the sinner's prayer. We prayed together, and I prayed with him his family in the situation, and uh, he accepted the Lord. So we were leaving, and I looked at this old man, and it was the first time I'd ever heard this, because I didn't know, I didn't know Genesis from Revelation. I didn't know Old Testament from New Testament when I started going to church. And I said to him, you know, this would be a lot easier to sell to people, because I'm thinking like a traveler now. If it could make them like stand on their head for like three days, three hours a day, or they had to do something, some kind of work, or, you know, just they had to earn it. You know what I mean? I mean, just by saying it seemed like 
you know, it was like nothing. I said, in other words, I don't, it don't, don't it, 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 there's no, no hard part for him. And he looked at me and he said, let me tell you something. He said, salvation is free. It doesn't cost you a thing to get saved. But he said, it costs you everything to stay saved. And he said, all you can do is give them the start. It's up to them what they put into it. And, you know, so when you talk, when you ask me that question, I always think back to how many people I've prayed the center prayer with. And it was an old day. In the old days, I can remember we used to pray with people and they would say, they would say, we would say, we had 10 people led to the Lord and we converted 10 people. Well, we, we started 10 people out. And um, at least that's the way I looked at it later on is that I gave 10 people the opportunity uh, at that time. But, you know, I've had since then, I've had a lot of young traveling boys, my nephews and different people that I know that I see now have grown into good Christian men who told me that my preaching early on in my life led them to where they are today. And, uh, you know, so I can say that, that, you know, that there's been, it has, you never know where, you never know who's listening when you're, when you're, when you're actually, you might be trying to save one person, the person next to them gets saved. You just don't know. But the main thing is that we have to keep trying. Amen. We just have to keep letting the people know. We have to keep witnessing, but let our let what we do be our witness. That's that's what I can say. Amen. Well, then that leads me to this, and that was a wonderful story. Unique <laughs> like you, Benny. You're always unique, you know? But uh, <laughs> I want to ask you about the 70s move. What do you remember? Do you got any standout moments or a way to, what we're trying to do is let the younger people that's under 50 understand what it was all about, you know? Well, yeah, I, um, in the early part of the seventies, when the movement start first started, I was one of the ones on the outside looking in, thinking how crazy people were. But I, uh, this is something I think really makes a point should make a point to people. Joe Gordon and George Stewart, Pepper George, was witnessing to somebody else at a funeral. Amen. And I was listening to them. And I had worked with them the year before down in Florida. And I'm listening to these two men talk about the Lord. And they were sincere. And I've always told them, in other words, it, it planted a seed deep in me at the time. And then I started going to some of the revivals and I started listening more and more. And um, I think I have to say this to anybody, I have to give a disclaimer, he probably was one of the best friends I ever had in life, a man that I enjoyed so much, was George Pepper, was probably the greatest preacher that never stepped behind a pulpit. Mm -hmm. He witnessed to me, he witnessed to me in a way that was so real, so, so loving. It was such a, I can't explain it other than the way he, he, he witnessed to me. And then you've got a fellow there, Bill, who I got to talk a lot to back in those days. And, you know, he was saved. And um, the back, the, I think, first part of the 80s, when I really got to know Bill. And we, by then I had already got saved and was doing some things uh, with the church. And um, But I think that the 70s was such a powerful movement because everybody knew they needed something. Amen. We just weren't sure what it was. 
and uh, <laughs> we really did. Yeah. We were we were thr- we were literally we were thrill seekers. We had, had we had had everything. To, I mean, basically, the biggest thrill was a new car would have come out on the yeah, yeah, you know, the newest the, the newest car, the newest model car to come out. I mean, that yeah. was our thrill. But, but we were hungering for something, and we we mm-hmm. we just couldn't seem to get it. And then we started hearing people preach, and the gospel seemed real. And the fire was in us because we wanted it. Not not just because everybody was doing it, but everybody wanted it. Mm-hmm. And that was all everybody was talking about at the time. Yep. I mean, you, no matter where you went, people, you, there was no conversations about how much money you had. There was no much money about what kind of job you'd done last week. No kind of conversation about pumps and motors and trucks and cars. It was about the Lord. It was Amen. about the Bible. That's right. Amen. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but, you know, the Bible tells us that in the last days it would be a great falling away. And we're seeing it. But also the, but a lot of people don't realize it could be a great revival. Amen. And I believe we're entering into the great revival again. Amen. But now, now, I don't think it's out of curiosity. I think it's, it's out of knowledge. Amen. We know now that we need it. We know that we need Jesus. We know that we need salvation. We know that heaven's real and that hell is a place we don't want to go to. Amen. So I believe, I believe that the seventies was the, the, the flame that started, but now we're like the, the Bible says that the, 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 the flame, the, 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 I'm trying to think of where I've lost in my mind, like a wick being has to be waved to, to keep it burning. And, um, we're, I think we're starting to see the flame come back now. Amen. I think, Amen. I think we're going to see it. Amen. 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 I'm going to agree with that. I'm going to ask you the next question, Benny. Um, for um, family, uh, was it difficult raising your family in ministry, and how important <laughs> was your wife's support in ministry when you were raising Nobody, kids? Nobody. There, there's, there's no man. There's no man that can become a successful man of God. Unless he has a woman of God with him, Amen. Uh, Amen. My my wife literally had forgot more about the Bible than I knew. Amen. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, my my wife kept me. Uh, when it come to 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 it, my my wife was uh, was the the person who was uh, the backbone of my ministry. Mm-hmm. Without my wife, I could have never I could have never been successful. I could have never I could have never went anywhere in ministry without her and she raised my children all my it wasn't difficult for me to raise my children up as christians because it, they were young when we started uh-huh. and and they got involved and 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 uh you know it was their way <laughs> of life it was their way of life they were raised it, it was it. it was their way of life yeah and they know it was real and uh, luckily uh, they uh luckily for me they had other kids that were Christians was with them, and uh, they was able very to. important too. Yes, yes, very important. That was good. That was Praise good. Um, Bill, Bill, yeah, he Bill's wants to ask you a question. Bill's going to ask you the next question. Go ahead, Bill. Okay. What was your vision for our people in the future? What's your vision for the young and the old that's coming up on us? You know, Bill, I, I tell you. If you're asking me my 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 vision of, of what I see, um, it's, it's kind of complicated because the Lord has, been, has dealt with me for the last few months on the fact that when Jesus 
was tempted in the wilderness and um, they wanted him to turn the stones into bread and cast himself down off the mountain. But you know, the third thing, the temptation, when they didn't work, saved his best to last. And he said to him, I'll give you the riches of the world. I'll give you everything. Mm-hmm. Look at this here. I took him high on a mountain and showed him the whole world. This could be all yours mm-hmm. if you'll just bow before him. What Satan wants for us is to bow before him. That's all he wants. Amen. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. And the temptation that he tried to tempt Christ with was riches. Amen. And my vision for our people is that we we stop. We start worshiping God as much as we do the things of the world. Amen. Like, the movie stars, the baseball players, Amen. the money that people are making, the, the, how much money somebody has, that's how important they are. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just saying this. I'm not speaking about any particular person. I'm talking about everybody. Amen. You know, people love money. Uh, and I listen, I think prosperity is great. I love to see people Amen. with money. I love Amen. to see people enjoy, enjoy these things. As long as you learn, the vision should be that God has to come first in Amen. everybody's life, then, then the riches. Because you can't buy peace with money. You can buy everything else. You can buy friends. You can buy friends. Yeah. You got enough money. You can have lots of friends if you have money. Amen. You can buy you can buy the best doctors. You can buy Amen. you can buy anything with money. But you'll find out you can't buy peace. You'll never have peace until you have Christ. Amen. Christ Amen. is more important than all the money in the world is knowing Amen. Christ. Because Amen. when you're going to, when you think you're dying, yep. money ain't going to help you none. Mm-mm. When you got a child that's sick, take it from a guy who knows Amen. money will not help you none. Yep. If you don't have God, if you don't have Jesus, if you don't have the power of the Holy spirit to know how to pray, you have oh, nothing. You don't have peace. So my vision for our people is that they come back to the vision and the love of Christ, and I think it's happening. I'd like to see people dancing in the church again. I would like to see people praising God to the highest. But I think the most important thing that everybody needs to know, really, my vision, is that at every service that our altars are full, with people coming down to repent, because let me tell you something, people don't like to go to the altar because they wonder what other people are thinking if they go. Well, let me tell you something. Everybody knows everything about That's everybody right. today. You don't. <laughs> you don't have to wonder what they're thinking. They already thinking what you're doing. They already know what you're doing. Amen. So therefore, you don't. Amen. You know, you don't have to. You don't have to be ashamed to come to the altar. You should be ashamed not to go to the altar. Oh. And I mean, everybody. I'm talking about the deacons, the, the preachers everybody. in the audience. Everybody. Every, that altar doesn't belong to anybody but God. Amen. And if you can't come down to it, then there's something wrong with your walk with the Lord. Well, That's here's what opinion. the Lord says to us. He says, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. It abounds more. So and the that, seeds that think. you've planted and the prayers that's going up to God the Father with the power of the Spirit that he give us on earth, we're going to see a great revival in our people. I believe that. Well, that brings us to the last part of the question is, 
uh, what would you advise any young person or anybody wanting to serve God or get into the ministry? Because you can serve God without being in the ministry. Some people don't know Amen. that. Amen. So what would your advice be to those that want to serve God or get into the ministry? My, my advice for, uh, first of all, I, I, I have to confess, I did not want to be in the ministry. I did not want to preach. I was in a ch- little church preaching and minding my own business, and nobody knowed about it. And I just, you know, was just me and Margie. I'd become a lay minister in the Methodist church, and I would preach in the country churches. And one day I got a phone call from Epi Signs, Ann Parker's mother, and she asked me, she said, I don't know if you preach or you don't Man, preach, Epi, but yeah, God yeah. called. Yeah. God, God, God told me to call you and ask you to come to Wilmington and preach. Now, none of our people had ever preached a revival. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand. I mean, position I'm in. None of us had ever preached a revival to our people. I mean, we'd heard Bobby Breyer preach some of them, and they'd heard a couple other preachers, but that's about it. And um, he said, I don't know if you preach or you don't preach. She didn't know why you went to church. But she said, God told her to tell me to come to Wilmington and preach. And um, I balked on it. I said, I don't know. I don't think so. But I appreciate you asking. Well, she said, you got two months to think about it. We're going to have it in September or whatever it was. My wife said to me, you know you should do it. And uh, she said, is it because you're allowed to make a rag of yourself or something? And I said, well, probably. And she said, well, I think you should do it. And that's why I say you have to have a woman of God behind you if you want to be a minister. The, your, your wife is the most important part of your ministry. Amen. Amen. So I'm with you. And to make it short to your answer, I want to give you the answer for this because when I went there, I went to the Lions Club and there was hundreds of people, all people that I knowed my whole entire life. And I thought to myself, why in the world would any of these people want to listen to anything that I have to say about the Bible when they know how I've lived my whole life? But I got up on the stage and I preached a message. And the Holy Spirit brought the people down. And it was, it was, People piled on top of people. They were going on the spiritual quick before they could get to the altar. They were falling down. I, I, and I was amazed because I had never seen it before. I remember that. And, and I, I seen all those people falling down, and they were. I couldn't understand what was. I didn't. I mean, I was so ignorant to what was going on that I didn't understand the power that I had in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And but my advice is, if you really feel that you want to be in the ministry, make sure you're called. If the Lord calls you to be a minister, because you you're you're representing God when you get up there to preach, it isn't a showboat. And if you're if you're not the type that's really meant to get up to the pulpit to preach, I've never stepped in a pulpit that I didn't sweat all the way to the pulpit. I was I, I I've never been assured on my way there. Amen. Once I got there, I felt the Holy Spirit. I knew I was okay. Amen. And I, I know that only by the power of the Holy Spirit could I preach at all. Amen. And um, I would say that if you want to be in the ministry, the first thing you need to do is reconcile yourself with all the people who you feel you've either hurt or have hurt you. Yeah. Get your heart, get your heart clean before man. And then get your spirit right before the Lord, because studying, and you know, 
I preached. I preached one time to three people. That was my sermon. Oh. Like I went to church to preach, and three people showed up. Amen. And I preached the same message that I was going to preach if there had been a thousand people there, Amen. because God told me to preach it. Amen. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, uh, it's almost impossible. Uh, I would say it is impossible to it preach is. the gospel. It is. It is. It's impossible to preach the gospel. Uh, I think that some of the greatest people that I've met in ministry never went behind a pulpit. Amen. They Amen. they witness to people one on one, to husband and wife, to friends, Amen. to cousins, to, to strangers. Uh, I think that no matter whether you're, first of all, we're all called to be in the priesthood. We're all called. Amen. We're all called to do it. Um, and that's kind of a contradiction to what I said, but we are all called, but yet to be chosen. And, and I think you're chosen. You, that's right. And, and, and you have to be chosen. Um, I never did. I never was shy. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm not shy, but I never did want to stand up in a crowd and preach the gospel. I, I always, I always felt inadequate. But I am inadequate. It's the Holy Spirit that's not inadequate. Amen. And Amen. What, what, if, if you give way and let the Holy Spirit just lead you in what you say, Amen. but always speak the truth. Amen. That's all I can say. Speak Amen. the truth. Amen. Yeah. Well, Thank you, Free. Did you? Uh, I was going to say, Benny, we appreciate you. We appreciate everything you told us. I don't have to tell you how much I love you and Margie. Amen. <laughs> And did you, would you want to say something, Uncle No, Bill? I just wanted to tell him just what you said. I love you and her. You've been a blessing to me in my life, Benny. Well, you've been a blessing to me too, Bill. Uh, you know, we've been friends a long time. Oh. And, you know, luckily we both become friends after we were saved. Amen. And I think that was a, that I don't think we'd have been a good pair together before we were saved. Amen. But God, God saved our friendship. We'd have done a lot God, of damage before. God saved, God saved our friendship. for What we had in common, you and I, was the Lord. That's Amen. what we met. Amen. We both had the Lord in common. Amen. And, uh, Amen. Praise God. But, love you with and, all but, my heart, Benny. Uh, uh, you too, Bill. You know, you you, you oh, know what I think of you, and, and uh, your and, and your boy Bill has been a blessing to me. I tell you, your whole family. Uh, and Anna Mae and Charlie's always been special to me, and I I'd love to give Amen. a testimony one day on what how they've done for me. So I, but we, I we'll get you I, on you know, another podcast. Believe me, we need well, to fill up this <laughs> channel. <laughs> and we we thank you, Benny, for All right, your prayers. Sister. Listen, I hope I done okay. I, I don't know. Amen. That's wonderful, Benny. You're Thank praying you. for us, and and we appreciate supporting us and praying for us. We really do. Well, love you. I pray the Lord keeps blessing this part. Let me tell you, this podcast is a great ministry because people will tune into it and listen. To it. I mean, not because of what I said, but I've heard other people that's already testified. I've heard some of the other people, and tremendously strong. I heard Bill the other day on his. I heard Kitty with hers, and you know, I'm going to tell you something. The uh, the podcast is going to be a tremendous help in the movement of the new revival. Take my word. This, this, this is using technology to better. This is what the devil meant for bad. You're using it for good. So therefore, I think it's great. So keep, keep on, keep on, sister. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. Well, that's our podcast for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and was encouraged. Please follow us on Spotify for new episodes every week. If you download the Spotify app, which is free, it makes it much easier to find us. 
We'll be posting the link each week on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may you grow in his word and spirit. God bless.